everybody. Welcome back to FTS Gambling Inside Tank. Owen Smith, Matthew Warner here. Um, Matt, I don't, I don't know where to start. Actually, I know where to start, but I, I, I don't know how to start, I think, is the is the real thing here. Um, if you have been a longtime listener of FTS Gambling and Inside the Tank, you know that we are both huge Buckeye fans. Um, and if you're listening to this podcast, you definitely watch some sort of uh, of the game, whether it was the full game itself or, um, you know, catching things here and there, depending on your fandom. But it was the, the biggest game of the weekend, especially in the 12 o'clock window, uh, arguably one of the biggest games of the year, especially based on ranking, um, especially if you're in the, uh, you know, Midwest, you're definitely dialed into this one. Matt, three years in a row um no excuses i mean not not that i felt like there were many excuses the past two years but like no excuses the cheating scandal stuff like again that's up for debate on how how extensive it was and how much it impacted the the game or other games and how much of a competitive advantage it was but that was you know snuffed out well before um before this version of the game um and the the facts are that this was probably the the most even that this matchup has been in a long time um it was you know clearly michigan had the home field advantage but they were also missing some uh, key resources on their uh, staff aka their head coach um and aka the the, the michigan man himself connor stallions but either way uh, they were missing Jim Harbaugh, um, which you know does have an impact one way or another. And Ohio State was pretty much full strength from a health perspective. They were missing Latham Ransom, but outside of that, weren't having you know Georgia last year. You could have marked that up to Marvin got knocked out, Kate Stover was out, Travion wasn't there, blah blah blah. blah. Um, but like this, this was like the full strength Buckeyes, and they still lost. It was the closest that it's been in the three years, but they lost by six. Um, you can probably hear the pain in my voice, but Matt, you haven't said a word yet because I've just taken this moment to, to get some of this pain out. But how are you feeling? Sad. <laughs> just, man, it sucks. It, it's three years running of just feeling like we got out schemed and out coached um and it's tougher to to swallow that pill when it's an assistant coach now i'm not putting this 100% on ryan day i thought he coached or called an okay game yeah um you know bottom line is is you know you you can't drop a pass for a first down on your first possession um, you know, like Jackson Smith or Jackson Smith and Jigba, uh, Emeka Buka did. You can't turn it over and give them the ball on the you know the ten yard line. Um, for for them to it, it just it feels like every single year, Michigan has made those little plays and, and done the little things so much better than Ohio State has. Um, that that attention to detail, that grittiness, that kind of that toughness, um, just seems like they have that edge in this game for the last three years, and, and that's the edge that Ohio State has had for the prior twenty. Um, so I think, right. you know, for for Ohio State fans, um, I'm, I'm going to do a little bit of loser talk, but 
if I'm looking at this game, like if this was the first time Ryan Day had lost to Michigan, I think most Ohio State fans would have been like, we get it. You know, you're in the big house. Yeah. This is like is evenly matched as this game has been in a really long time. It's so much harder to swallow when you think about the fact that you had CJ Stroud with Marvin Harrison Jr. and Emeka Buka and like all these guys last year, you had a uh, an all pro basically an all pro offensive line for, for yeah. Uh, yeah. All intents and purposes, you know, the year before you just had a completely stacked wide receiver room with uh, Olave and Garrett. Well, like so it, it's this is the year that to me was just flat out even on paper. Um, you know what what we maybe gain a little bit in um, on some of the offensive things. I think Michigan does equally as well on the ground on their side and, and their defensive scheme. So like, it, it just seemed like it was such a good matchup. Um, obviously super disappointed. We lost. I thought we had every opportunity to win that game, but like I said, it, it comes down to those really small details that I felt like they did a lot better. Um, coaching wise, like there were some things that I was frustrated with. I, I didn't get the punting early. Um, I, I, really didn't get the clock management at the end of the half uh the timeout with 28 seconds left in the first quarter that then hinders that last drive where you can extend it a little bit longer get an easier field goal so there were some minor things that i felt you know were just a little bit frustrating um and and i didn't feel like you had those from michigan side when they needed a big play they went and picked it up if they needed a third down a third and four third and three it felt like they got it every time um and the other thing is, you know, all year we have said, hey, offense is not what we are accustomed to, but damn, it is fun watching this defense play. And it yeah. felt like the bender break defense just bent too much. Like yeah. it was, you, you can't let them score every time they touch the ball in the second half and expect to win that football game. Um, whether it's field goals or touchdowns, like that was going to be a, uh, low scoring, you know, uh, affair. So you, you knew going into it, you were going to have to get some big stops, get some third down, uh, you know, stops and, and uh, flip the field. And I, I know I keep on saying last thing, but last, last, last thing, if Parker Fleming <laughs> has a job, dude, <laughs> going into next year, oh I God. will be the most confused person in the world. How can you be the only special teams coordinator in college football? And we can't flip a field with punts. Like every aspect of our special teams was just bad. So I, I'm yeah. I'm so done with that. Like the the inability to like one thing Urban Meyer was so good at is he 100% was going to make sure his special teams were in check that they were the best unit on the field all day, and they did that consistently all the time. And then you've got a guy that's job is specific to making sure those things happen. And, and it just felt like special teams was this big, like, you know, if you're just watching from afar, you don't really notice it. But as a, you know, as a fan who's seen it all year long, like it's so frustrating to see it show up in the biggest moments of the biggest game. And, you know, probably one of the biggest games in this rivalry's history. So, yeah. 
right. Yeah. I got mine. I got mine out of my system too. <laughs> no, I mean, on the Parker Fleming point, I mean, there's been concerns about that dude for, you know, at least last season, if not the season before, and he was up for contract renewal at the end of last year and he got it instead of like just cutting ties, you know, not like it was kind of just a, you know, agree to agree to part ways. It was like, no, they just like, they decided to extend him for another two years and increase his pay. And you just, the, the concerns continue to loom. I mean, there's a lot of things. I'm hoping to that get that be- same exact exposure at my job where I just do <laughs> less work, do, you know, don't try as hard. And they're like, Hey, we want you to be here longer and we're going to give you more money. Like that's yeah, the dream. Baby. Right. That is the dream. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I mean, maybe there's, so, I don't understand it. Maybe there's something that he does for the program that just no one else can do. And he that's throws a killer Halloween like, party or something. Or he has a video of some, like who knows? <laughs> I don't yeah. know, but he has but yeah, all the that, details that on Ryan Day's private, uh, <laughs> private underground uh, investigation firm. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. Um, no, so that's, that's frustrating, but I think the, the defense has been so good for most of the year. Um, I mean, it was what the at least one or two ranked defense coming into to, into that game, um, and it worked right. The bend don't break worked for a lot of the year. They didn't let you know a lot of plays over you know thirty forty yards. Like that was a big issue that had happened in the previous two years. That's why Jim Knowles came in. Like there was all. You know, and then there was some, you know, growing pains of Jim Knowles' new scheme and blah, blah, blah. Um, but then it, I, I think the the most frustrating part is finally when the offense was doing something. Yeah. And it's in the fourth quarter and there's nine, eight minutes, yeah, nine minutes to go. It's like, just get a stop. Get just a stop. Get a, like, please, like, I, I know that you guys are bending don't break. And I know that Michigan is capable of Blake Corum you know, taking a, uh, having a house call. Right. But like, uh, you need to stop because this, although this offense has had success, you know, having, um, you know, final, uh, a drive against Notre Dame and things like that. Um, and the final minutes, like they, they do need time. It, what, what was working was, you know, getting shipped the ball and, um, you know, like kind of more of the chunk plays, right? Like, yeah, clearly yeah. there were some shots, and and then now you put your team in the position where not only do you, you know, not only do you not get the stop ultimately, like they they put points on the board, not only do you not get the stop, but you also waste eight minutes of valuable, valuable time in this game, um, in the biggest moment. This is like the best version of the defense that we we're gonna have for a little bit because it's, it's a bunch of third year, fourth year guys, like true veterans. And it just, yeah, you, you let us down there. Um, that was frustrating, but my overall frustration outside of that, um, I think some of it is coaching for sure. Some of it is maybe not, like you said, I don't think Ryan did called a bad game. I think that there are other aspects of being the head coach, such as keeping a Parker Fleming around um, such as, maybe the mismanagement of um, I don't know, just like some of this like mismanagement of maybe the lead up to like, there's a lot of different aspects that are like yeah. that clearly needs improved. Like, I don't think it's fire Ryan day. Uh, you know, I, I don't think that clearly he's not going to A&M and, and we can get to that later on, but 
Clearly, it's not going to AM. Clearly, he's here to stay for at least another year, if not longer. Um, and so I don't think like it's an overhaul, like got to fire everybody and get rid of it. But it's like there are some things that need to change around the program. There's some things that he needs to change, such as letting a Parker Fleming go. Um, but either way, the, my biggest frustration, and we, we texted about it yesterday, I was pretty frustrated with Kyle McCord most of the year. And I, I, in a joking matter, would always call for Devin Brown's name. I don't think clearly if Devin Brown couldn't win the job after yeah. missing the spring game and, you know, like it, clearly he wasn't good enough to beat Kyle McCord, right? Like, and, and maybe some of that is lack of experience. Maybe it is missed in the spring game, whatever. Clearly he's not the answer. Your next option is Tristan Jebbia, who's like a fifth-year guy who's just really there to be, you know, learn the ropes from Ryan Day, right? He's he's probably going to be a coach at some point, whether it's for Ohio State or another program. Like, he's just there to kind of be a resource, yeah. have some veteran presence, whatever. And then you have Lincoln Keenholz who didn't get here until August. So, like, clearly there's not a great alternative in the moment during the season, but they're – and I don't know if this was a spring thing. I don't know if it was mismanagement then, but like the fact that that's just kind of what we settled with. And we were just with knowing what the defense was at, knowing where the wide receiver room was at, knowing where the running back room was at. clearly the offensive line had like, there was just, it's just overall frustration with the dude that he just never progressed. And no. there isn't really a good answer at this moment, but my frustration is more on the future of like, what do you do from here? Because clearly McCord is not good enough in this landscape of college football. Look at who is getting shit done right now. It's Jaden Daniels. It's Jordan Travis before the injury. I guess it's JJ McCarthy, even though I don't think he played that great. He, he did what he needed to do. He's mobile. Jalen Milrow, Carson Beck's even a little mobile. Like there's, if you look at Bo Nix, like you look at all of these guys, they are dual threat quarterbacks that get shit done yes they have more experience i think that that shouldn't well, be overlooked but and if you're not a dual threat you better be throwing right. just just darts that are i, I mean yeah <clears throat> i'm sorry but you're looking at i mean maybe this is a testament to how good cj stroud was but there were talks of Emeka buka going top 15 yeah at Marvin Harrison, there's talks of him going, you know, top two, top three. Like Kate Stover, probably going to be an NFL tight end. It's like, dude, you've got weapons all over the field. And if you can't get it done with those guys on the field, then you're not cut out to play Ohio State quarterback at Ohio State. No. The the standard of QB play is so high here that when you get a guy that's just a guy, it's so noticeable. Because the expectation is that if you have all of those weapons around you, that you should be in the Heisman race. You should be like that. You have everything playing in your advantage to play great football. And we watched yep. a guy from the Indiana game up until this Michigan game that just felt like he flatlined and didn't take any significant steps up. He would have these shining moments, Notre Dame, like being one of them where you're like, mm -hmm okay, this is going to be that we're going to the next level. Kyle McCord's taking that next step. And then it would be the next week where you're like, he's throwing it behind receivers. He's throwing it, you know, he's just staring down receivers. 
Here's an idea. If you have Marvin Harrison on the field, most teams are going to know that you're probably looking his direction. Either don't start off the the read just staring at him or go find one of these other five-star receivers that are going to be wide <laughs> open because he's getting double covered. Like it was, it's so frustrating to, to watch, um, you know, I joked about it w- with you, but like, obviously we are a very spoiled fan base. We have a first year, you know, starting quarterback that takes us to 11 and one with two top 10 wins. And we're like, this guy's got to fucking go like yeah. <laughs> to get out of here. Yeah. But that is the standard at Ohio state. Um, I, I saw somebody say it. They're like, it is, it is a shame that Ohio state had to, it is a shame that Ohio state had McCord as their quarterback all year with what they had on the field. When you go look at teams that, like you said, Jaden Daniels, Jordan, Travis, Bo Nix, like, there are just, you know, so many playmakers at the quarterback position across the country. And I think if you if you just pick them off their team and play them in Ohio State's offense, it's you're looking at the best team in the country. And instead, we just got this kind of mediocrity, um, you know, on, on the offensive side of the football. And, and when we really needed that defense to, like, take that that, you know, that stand for us um, and, and be that rock. It felt like, you know, when one would go high, the other would go low and the other would, you know, if we got a big stop, the offense would give it right back. So it was just a, it's a tough year. I think you and I kind of looked at it from the beginning and we kept on waiting for like this, you know, eventually if the offense doesn't figure it out, we're going to be in trouble. And unfortunately yeah. it, it, it went till the end of the year. Um, so it just sucks to be where we are now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was some of the writing was on the wall. I mean, I think the main concerns coming into the year was offensive line. And that, although there were some improvements throughout the year, it's still like they graded out terribly. Yeah. The um, PFF grades were brutal. <laughs> yeah, our, like line, for, for, our linebacker unit and our offensive line unit, it was like, yeah their parents are getting called in during parent teacher conferences because <laughs> the, the grades were, were rough. So bad. Yeah. yeah. So like that was, you know, that was the concern, but you kind of thought that, Hey, there's enough weapons. And if a quarterback can figure it out, like you can't, you clearly can't erase some of that, but like you definitely can definitely can scheme up some things to get the ball out quick or whatever. Right. Um, but I, I Ultimately, it is a quarterback thing, and I think that that falls on Ryan Day in a lot of ways because he's ultimately the one that made the decision. Now, that is that the decision that he made back in, um, you know, back when – or is that the decision he made, you know, coming into the season and picking Kyle McCord over Devin Brown? Or is that the decision he made picking Kyle McCord over J.J. McCarthy? We don't know. Who knows? I I don't know if JJ McCarthy on the on the Buckeyes wins this game. I I, I don't know because again I don't think I don't know if JJ McCarthy the... is still a Buckeye <laughs> yeah. if he's sitting behind CJ Stroud. Like I think that that yeah. would have been a transfer portal. I'm gonna go you know see if I can yeah. shine somewhere else. But I mean they are the same cl- like him and McCord are the same class. So that's why that comparison is there. McCord oh, did yeah. wait it out. So like either way. Um. So it, it just, who knows? I mean, 
I, but ultimately I do think like that is a Ryan day responsibility. He takes pride in being the quarterback, you know, although he's the head coach, he is the quarterback coach. He is, he has produced, you know, Dwayne Haskins and Justin Fields and uh, CJ Stroud. Um, and, you know, uh, even if you go back before that, like the, the level, like JT Barrett wins this game. Yeah. I think Braxton Miller wins this game and, and Dwayne Haskins, CJ Stroud and uh, Justin Fields certainly <coughs> win this game. Um, so it, it's just not, yes, we're spoiled for sure. It's just not up to the standard. I will be, my frustration with Ryan day is low at this point. Like it is, you know, there is frustration. I think things need to change. He has proven to us that he will change things when things are broken, AKA, you know, revamping the defense and bringing in a $2 million defensive coordinator um, that has paid off in, in some ways, clearly not to the, the highest level yet, but ha- has paid off. Um, so it's just, he's got to make changes on the offensive side of the ball at this point, which is crazy to say. Um, and, Again, that maybe starts with how – I mean, he – guess what's not changing? He's still recruiting five stars at the quarterback position. He still has yeah. – you know, he has a – you know, Lincoln Keenholz, who is a more of a dual-threat athletic quarterback at, as a true freshman right now. He has another true freshman five-star um, and Aaron Nolan that's coming in in January, which is different from a Lincoln Keenholz who came in there in August. So. I was going to say, I don't know if you saw that little, little report. I think yep. it was either last night or this morning, but it yep. makes things interesting because it does. Like I said, it's going to be, in my opinion, it'll be very hard for Ryan Day to pull the plug on Kyle McCord after he goes 11 and one, loses on the road to Michigan by six. Yeah. Like we're, we're sitting here complaining, but CJ Stroud got blown off the field two years in a row. Granted, not putting that on C.J. Stroud. That was two yeah. defenses that were soft as butter. But, I mean, you know, I didn't think you, – you take away the – obviously the terrible interception in that that first, uh, you know, first quarter puts them in a position to score. If you can put blinders on and act like that didn't happen, he made some big throws. Yeah. Um, he he – he, I thought he played okay and he played well enough for us to be in a position to win that game. It's just so frustrating knowing that that interception happened early and then seeing the, the kind of the still frame of him just locked in on Marv on that interception. The last play where you've got like guys out in the flat that are there for eight, 10 yards, you know, you, you get a little bit closer, you stop the clock, but It is what it is, I suppose. Yeah. Well, it's, it's just, I mean, at the end of the day, we've said it three times or four times at this point, but it, the standard is at Ohio State with Ryan Day as the head coach that you better be a pretty damn good quarterback and you better be in consideration for the Heisman or as a first-round draft pick, which right. the three quarterbacks before him have been. One of them was number two overall, and one of them is entering, you know, definitely offensive rookie of the year but has even put himself in a place to be an MVP candidate. Yeah. Either way. So Kyle McCord just doesn't live up to that. And that's, and I think that that is the difference here. And sure. There's, I, I'm not, I'm not completely shutting the door on McCord. Like I think that if he makes some crazy improvements and um, you know, See, that's, the risk you run, an, that's the risk you run though. It is, but like, I, I think that you what you can't do is go, 
I'm taking the bet that he's going to do that. And he is the starter. No questions asked. I think what you do is you go, we have, and, and, and Devin Brown's probably gone. If, if my, my guess is that Devin Brown's gone. So we have three quarterbacks that are all very, again, Aaron Nolan's a different story, but true freshmen have succeeded at the college level, uh, especially ones that come in in January. So we have three quarterbacks. Clearly Kyle McCord has a lot more experience, but we weren't happy with the results of last year. It is an open quarterback competition. We'll see how you know the spring goes. And hey, maybe McCord takes those steps and maybe it is like Keenhole's not ready. Nolan's not ready. And it's like, that's what we got to do. And maybe you look at the transfer portal, probably not, but maybe you like, if McCord's still not cutting it and the other guys aren't stepping up, maybe you do look into that. Or there's you also, go, okay. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Th- th- well, there's also such an interesting aspect of next spe- like next season specifically, because it's going to be the first time that you can lose one or two games and still go play for a national championship, like in the big 10, I should say right now, it feels like if you lose a game in the big 10, like you have to pray that everybody else fucks everything up for you to sneak in the back door. Um, So it's such an interesting aspect of like, if I'm Ryan day, do I run it back with Kyle McCord who we know who he is and we kind of know what to expect? um, Or do I let a young kid like Aaron Noland, like do, do I let him figure it out? Do I let him, take a loss early um, and and develop throughout the season so that when we do get to those games, he's got a ton of experience and we've got a guy that we feel really confident can, you know, sling it around and go win us some, some really big football games. Um, You know, I I think there's upside and downsides to, to both of those, you know, both of those options. Uh, You want to hear the dumbest spin zone ever. I've got one. (laughs) Yes. Kyle McCord will be a lot better when Marvin Harrison Jr. is not there because he's going to have more people to look at. That um, uh, Rumor Mill is saying that he was being told he had to force feed Marv, and that's why he was locking in on him all the time. Um, so there's my <laughs> there's my spin, there's, spin zone for Honda McCord. <laughs> there's uh, <laughs> there's there's good and bad of that. I mean, definitely, you know, you, you, you have uh, a Marv on the team and there's a reason why you do want to feed him the ball, but yeah, I mean, you definitely lock into somebody, especially when you have as much experience with that wide receiver dating back to high school and all of that. So, um, but no, I mean, back to, back to your point. Um, and, and we'll, we'll move on after, after this from the quarterback side, but not only do you have the 12 team playoff, but you open the season with Southern Mississippi, Western Michigan, you have a bye week and week three, which is crazy. Uh, but there's two bye weeks next, next year. Um, so you have a bye week, then you play Marshall, which, Hey, elite program beats some of the best. I I was going to say I'm three teams out there. Yeah. Familiar with them, uh, (laughs) having some, some frisky teams that can cause some upsets, (laughs) but you have those, like you start out with three home games plus a bye. So your first four weeks are cupcake, right? Like you, you're not being tested on the road. You're not going to Notre Dame. You're not. You're playing very easy yeah, we, out of conference. We, we talked a lot of shit about that Michigan schedule this year. And I looked at ours and I was like, oh, ours is really bad. Well, <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, you still, <laughs> that, that's okay. I mean, I guess that's just the world that it's probably going to turn into with the, with the 12 team playoff yeah. and all of that. Yep. But, um, but I mean, you have pretty much all of September, you, you go to Michigan state on the road, but they're clearly in kind of a rebuild with a new head coach and all of that. So like, that is your first test that so you have, not only do you have more margin for error with the 12 team playoff, but um, you also have a pretty easy schedule in end of August to September to 
develop a guy, let them make mistakes, but ultimately still not lose that game. Like you're, you're not, right. you're not going to lose those games as Ohio state. Right. Um, so that, that even builds it up more, uh, but either way, not, not happy with the Kyle McCord experience this year. Uh, clearly showed, I mean, again, he's not the worst quarterback in college football. He just happens to be the worst quarterback in the top eight. And guess where Ohio state likes to live in the top four. So when that doesn't, when you can't cut it there, it's just that again, the standards very high and it should be. Um, And I don't think that we should expect any less either way. Um, Any other, like uh, we've hit on coaching clearly Ryan day is not going anywhere. Quarterbacks kind of the biggest part of the discussion. We're losing a lot. Um, Any other thoughts before we jump into a playoff discussion? Uh, No, I, you know, I think I'm really sad because if we do not find a way to sneak into the college football playoffs, um, I think we watched Marv's last game in an Ohio State Buckeye yeah. uniform. If I'm him, yeah. like I, I don't see any reason to go get myself hurt in a game that doesn't really mean much to him. So um, I actually hope he wouldn't play in that game. Um, kind of sounds crazy. I would love to watch him again, but like that would kill me to know that he went and played in some meaningless bowl game just to satisfy Buckeye fans. Um, I did see a report from NFL rookie watch that he might be coming back. Same, same CJ Stroud (laughs) thing. Like the, the reports that came out that like, well, he never beat Michigan. He never won a national championship. Like he wanted to go win a big 10 championship in Lucas oil stadium where his dad played. And it's like, like, dude, he he'll have a chance to go win a super bowl. Um, so like (laughs) he's going to be fine. Um, But no, just kind of sad there. Uh, but on the flip side, excited to have some of these young, you know, young hungry guys that have been playing behind the steel chambers and Tommy Eichenberg's of the world for a couple of years, um, you know, have the opportunity to come in and, and show what they're made of next year. Uh, and, and just hope that we can start to build back some of that identity um, and, and toughness as a program. Cause right now it just feels like it's uh just doesn't feel like it's quite there. So hoping we can yeah. move past this year and and figure some stuff out next year. Yep. Yep. No, I mean, I think we're just in a, the unfortunate part is we're just at that point where the 2021 recruiting class is, uh, there's a lot of draft. Uh, you know, they, they have become draft eligible. Um, and they, uh, there's a lot of them that will be, <laughs> will be drafted yeah. for sure, or we'll move on. And so you, there's definitely going to be, a lack of veteran experience um, at a lot of positions, but again, it's Ohio state. They, they are consistently in the top, you know, three or four of the uh, recruiting classes. So clearly plenty of, uh, plenty of talent and it, that, that all kind of boils down to coaching, which ultimately confident in, um, but it is going to be, you know, uh, yeah, Marvin specifically, but also, you know, lo- losing Trevion Henderson, who had a lot of flashes clearly, a lot of injury and, and concern there as well. Um, but, but losing a lot of top talent and um, best of luck to them. But yeah, I, there's chaos that could ensue and we could be speaking a little too soon on it. Uh, college football playoff, uh, clearly a lot hinges on this upcoming weekend. It is conference championship weekend. Um, there are a ridiculous amount of teams in the mix last year, you know, Ohio state only needed Utah to beat USC I think was the only kind of domino that needed to drop for them to be considered for the top four spot. Yep. Um, and ultimately that, that did happen. 
this year from an Ohio State perspective, <laughs> although ESPN <laughs> says 55%. We got a lot of work to do. <laughs> we There's a lot of work to do. I think Florida State <laughs> needs to lose. Texas needs to lose. Georgia needs to dominate. Alabama, Washington needs to dominate. Uh, Oregon, uh, you can maybe make a case that it doesn't uh, – the Pac-12 maybe, but um, you could – keep out a, a loser of like, like a one loss Washington and put in Ohio state depends on how they rank their strength so, schedule there. But uh, hold on. there's a I, lot I, that needs I, to happen. I do. Have, you think a, so assuming Bama loses to Georgia, I, I'm trying to figure out like that last spot, say FSU loses to Louisville. Um, Washington takes care of business. So you've got Oregon kind of out of that mix. There's just that one spot left. Um, a one loss Texas team whose marquee win is over Alabama, who just struggled with Auburn. And then, you know, I, I think it would take maybe Alabama getting smacked by Georgia. Do you think the committee immediately says Big 12 champion, you're in over a one loss Ohio State on the road to the number two team in the country? By six, I, I don't know. So my thought is clearly, Ohio State, Michigan is not the Big Ten championship, right. um, but but it is with it is it is yeah. And I think the committee, I think the committee kind of takes that into yep. play a little bit, where it's like we've seen it in the past, where it's like yeah, okay, Ohio State didn't play in the in the big 10 championship, but they kind of played in the big 10, like, you know, they, so we saw it a little bit last year. I, yeah. I mean, I think that clearly this is Ohio state bias. Um, but I, I mean, looking, if you strictly look at, okay, yes, they're the big 12 champion. And ultimately they're, they're, they're one, um, loss comes to Oklahoma, who is a, a good opponent, but, um, they did beat Alabama early in the season. I just, I think that you look at where that win came in the season and where Alabama was at that point in the season. And you kind of go, well, yeah. And especially if they end up as a two loss team, it's kind of like, yes, they had the win. That's good. But like they, their other marquee win is Kansas, Kansas state, like, and Kansas state was a, three point win they only yeah. beat tcu by three points they now clearly they blew out texas tech but like they struggled in some of these <laughs> yeah they've struggled in some of these uh these games um uh, outside of that they just don't have the strength of schedule so i think if you go if you're truly looking at the best four teams take away out of the conference i think that ohio state is the better team now do they reward ohio state for losing and not uh, being a conference champion over Texas, I think that's a tough discussion. But I do think Ohio State's one of the four best teams in that situation. I'm yeah. just curious to see what they do. I mean, I don't, I don't think big. many people would argue with that. I, I think the argument's going to be that you're putting in a team that didn't have to play an extra game, basically got an extra extra bye week um, and, yeah. and didn't have to go prove it on the field for an extra week, and you're punishing a team who had to. Um, so I, it's yeah. uh, it's interesting. Um I'm just, this is going to be like a stress-free weekend. Just watch games, enjoy yeah. it. Um, for me, I'm not going to be like sitting there doing all the analytics of trying to figure out what needs to happen and how we need to figure out a way for Ohio. Like if we squeeze in, we squeeze in, we get that awesome Georgia Ohio state rematch. Yeah. Um, if we, you know, if we, for whatever reason, you know, don't, you know, 
don't make it in. It is what it is. We move on to next year um, and and cut our losses. So I'm just excited. It'll it'll be a fun weekend. I hate the fact that like looked my dad in the eyes and I was like, hey, Ohio State wins. We're getting tickets for the Big Ten Championship, right? And he was like, yep. And I was like, hell yeah, let's do it. And of course, obviously it didn't happen. But um, so yeah. 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 Well, it, it will be str- – I mean, I think that Michigan doesn't have much to worry about with Iowa, so they're clearly going to win. Um, Bama, Georgia is going to be a lot of fun. I'm, I'm looking forward to that one. Uh, yeah. Both struggled with their with their rivals, um, <laughs> Bama more than more than Georgia, with, you know, a miracle, which one of the craziest plays I've ever witnessed, it felt like. I, uh, I'm so pissed yeah. off. I was sitting on the couch with Bo. I'm sitting there feeding or getting ready to feed him. Uh, he's like rolling around on the ground. I have his bottle ready to go. It gets to fourth and 30. And I was like, all right, I'm going to take him up. I go up, I come back down and I was like, hold on. Like there had yeah. to, I was in my mind. I was like, which dumbass on their team, like shove somebody in the back with the ball in the air. Like right. it had to have been like a PI. And then they showed that replay. And I was like, how in God's name, do you let a guy like, behind you in an area where it's just like a simple it's not even like it was this crazy catch it was just a corner of the end zone it just that was insane yeah so that was yeah i mean i was i was uh i I won't lie i was dialing up the save and washed uh text messages (laughs) uh, yeah just deflecting all of our sadness deflecting the sadness but yeah so that but that was crazy uh georgia definitely did not cover the spread against georgia tech that was a closer game than they imagined i'm sure but you know clearly it has still been uh dominant uh may have been a little look ahead for them but either way um but that that'll be a fun game and then washington oregon's just gonna be a ton of fun a lot of points um Oregon is favored by like eight and a half half. yeah that was also (laughs) surprising like the the Pac-12 lines have been so weird like Oregon State opening up as a point and a half favorite over Washington and then like it just has like Oregon State then opening up the next week against Oregon as 14 and a half point like underdogs I was like this none of this makes any sense uh hey Owen I have a question okay if one of your co-hosts, and this is just a theoretic, like we're just, I'm throwing out just <laughs> hypotheticals here. Um, if one of them had to poop, could you cut out a portion of the downtime <laughs> and then we come yes. back to uh, the NFL segment? Yes, yes. Okay, okay. Um, yeah. I have to poop so bad. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I Dude. will be back in like three minutes. This is going to be a okay. hot, hot toddy in and out. <laughs> okay, good. Good. Well, uh, while while Matt does that, I will uh, just cover a couple of things. Then we'll we'll, we'll cut some stuff out. But um, ultimately, it it is a big weekend. Looking forward to you know what's in store again. SEC championship is big. Um, the Pac-12 championship, which is on Friday evening, is big. Clearly, the ACC championship. I mean, there's some intrigue, right? Florida State is still undefeated. Um, despite Jordan Travis being out, but they are playing Louisville, who who did lose their, their rival game against Kentucky. Um, but they are playing Louisville. Uh, Louisville, you know, clearly has been a pretty pretty good team this year, um, and you know definitely could be a challenge, especially with with the uh, you know backup being in for Florida State, and they almost lost to Florida, uh, <laughs> except Florida had one of the most ridiculous mistakes in the in the final 
uh, final series there to, or one of the final series there to ultimately lose that game based on a double targeting or whatever they ended up calling that. Um, and then, you know, Texas has the big 12 championship. They play Oklahoma state. Uh, Oklahoma state was down to BYU um, at, at, throughout the weekend. And then they, they made a big comeback. As an Ohio State fan, I mean, ultimately what needs to happen is for, for there to be no question that Ohio State is in is that you go, all right, Texas loses. I not I think Texas just dog walks Oklahoma State. So not super confident in that. Um, you need Georgia to just beat Bama. Um, it, it, ultimately, Bama would be a two-loss non-conference championship. So that's there. Um, and then you just need – I think that you just need Oregon – um, or ultimately like Oregon lose and that's a two loss non-conference champ or you have Washington lose. And I think that again, Ohio state has a better strength of schedule, but best case scenario is that Washington, uh, beats Oregon and their two loss. And then you just hope that Louisville beats, uh, beats Florida state and their one loss non-conference champion there. So, um, and, and, and they don't have their quarterback regardless of what you say about Kyle McCord. So. Um, Matt, you're back. That was record time. Congratulations. I, I, I told know. you, man, it was, uh, that was, that was like either I've talked for a lot longer than I thought, or you, uh, no, I, I, uh, uh, record speed. I Paul pierced it. It was just like, a. <laughs> I had Missy come get me in a wheelchair. She got me to the bathroom in and out back in for the fourth quarter. I'm ready to rock Love and roll. <laughs> All right. Well, talked enough about college football. Um, we'll go ahead and get into the NFL, Matt, um, I'll let you lead off the segment actually with the NFL, um, however you want to. Okay. Um, yeah, let's just get into to my side. I, this might be one of the worst weekends of football for me ever. <laughs> like just yeah. point blank period, just a bad, bad weekend. You know, I said maybe one of the dumbest things to my wife and that was, well, hopefully the Browns can find out a way to win. So I end the weekend on a high note. And I knew as soon as I said it, it was just egregious. Just one of the dumbest things. And, and it was. Um, the, the rookie just doesn't look great. And then you have Kevin Stefanski calling like a pass-heavy offense against the worst run defense in the entire league. Um, and the Browns just just looked bad. They're injured all over the place. Like, last thing I want to hear is Miles Garrett talking about how he felt something pop in his shoulder in the locker room after, <laughs> yeah, the, after the game. Amari Cooper, like, goes out. Uh, DTR goes out with, a, like, a concussion. And a, it, it's just they're dropping like flies. And – that's a game that like I I didn't feel good about it going into it in the first place. Like Denver's playing pretty good football right now. Um, they're they're beating teams. It's not the same Denver team that we saw earlier this year that was just like the laughing stock of the NFL. Um, Sean Payton and Russell Wilson like seem to be clicking a little bit better. Their defense looks a lot better. Um, and, and you know that game was a lot closer than what it looked like on the scoreboard. Um, things went really downhill. You know, PJ Walker comes in for DTR. But I think two plays later, they run like a a double reverse fumble. They get the ball on like the ten yard line, twenty yard. So like, there's just a lot of dumb stuff that happened. 
um, that, that put him in a you know position to that it looked a lot worse than it actually was. Um, have a chance to go play, you know. In my mind, there was you have to win one of these two, and it was either this one or the Rams. I would have been okay with them dropping, you know, one of those two. I think they're tough matchups. Uh, Rams played really well yesterday, so they're going to come in feeling um, like they've got themselves in a pretty good rhythm. Um, I would expect Joe Flacco to be quarterback next weekend. Um, I, I, I don't see a world where they're like, hey, DTR's out. We're going to have PJ Walker under center with Joe Flacco as the backup. It feels like he's going to be the guy that they just say, hey, go take care of the ball hit open receivers seven, 10 yards down the field and, and we'll run it and make life easy with you and rely on our defense. That becomes extremely challenging. If Denzel Ward and miles Garrett are not on the field, um, it was very noticeable that Denzel Ward was not playing. There was a lot of confusions and miscommunications on defense yesterday. Um, so hopefully uh, Denzel Ward comes back. The miles Garrett injury isn't as bad. Uh, they can get that eighth win on the year, keep themselves in that wild card hunt. That's really all I've got on that game. Um, you know, I, I think Denver's Denver has a chance. Like they they can uh, they can kind of keep the train rolling here and find themselves also in that wild card hunt. Um, and excited to see that because I, I I know. Russell Wilson gets a, a lot of flack and he's kind of a goofball and just corny as I'll get out. But I, I've always enjoyed watching him play football when he's playing good football. Um, yeah. And I feel like he's doing that now. So uh, I, I'm kind of happy to see Denver playing, you know, at this level. Um, so we'll uh, kind of see how the rest of their season goes. But let's let's get to something happy for uh, for this episode. Colts uh, <laughs> are frisky. Yeah. Yeah. They how are we feeling? Baby. How we feeling? Feeling good. I mean, there's a lot of frustration with Gardner Minshew. This is like the year of the non-quarterback for me. Like, there's Kyle McCord, and then you have Gardner Minshew because they are. Um, and so, like, he definitely is frustrating to watch, and definitely likes to try to throw the game away at different points. But he's good enough, and I think the team around him is good enough to clearly be six and five to where they're at right now. Um, you know, three three wins in a row. Again, not the best teams at those, you know, two two of those wins with Panthers and Patriots, but uh, three wins in a row there, uh, you know, uh, were undefeated in November, which always feels good um, to, to be at that point. They're, they're fun to watch. They're a lot of fun to watch. I mean, it's This is my first year having season tickets uh, for the Colts and, you know, didn't know what to expect coming into it based on when literally when I made the decision to purchase season tickets, it was the same day that they announced that uh, Jeff Saturday was becoming the head coach of the Colts um, or interim head, head coach of the Colts. So, um, so it was a, didn't, didn't know what to expect at that moment, but very happy with, uh, with that. Cause it's been, it's been a fun environment um, at Lucas soil for that. Um, and they've been a ton of fun to watch. So um but yeah, they they are really in the playoff hunt at this point, especially with how things are shaken out. Houston losing yesterday was was good, yep. um, for for the Colts there. Um, no offense, I mean, anytime an AFC team loses, it's it's always a good thing. But then you also have the Broncos who are winning and yep. that one. So, um, but yeah, they they have a very manageable schedule. Uh, they have you know Titans on the road this this upcoming week, which is always a tough one being you know the, the division rival. Um, but then you have the Bengals who, 
clearly don't have Joe Burrow. Uh, you have Steelers, Falcons, Raiders, and Texans. So again, some some things that definitely could go wrong in those games. Definitely some even matchups ahead, but pretty manageable. I'd, I'd rather have this than the Chiefs, Eagles, Bills, blah blah blah. So, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So so yeah, f- feeling pretty good. Didn't, again, once the injury happened with AR, just really didn't know what to expect. Uh, Gardner definitely has some flashes of like, oh, that's good, and then it's yeah, it's bad. Um, so we'll we'll see uh, if he can just manage manage that and you know run the damn ball which is the fact that we have both Jonathan Taylor and Zach Moss you know contributing to that side of it makes a lot of fun um and yeah we'll we'll see where we go from here but it was it was good to end the weekend on a high note after going into that game in a deep dark depression after after uh, Saturday so um but yeah feeling good about the Colts playoffs would be a ton of fun. Wild card be a ton of fun. Um, but we'll, we'll see how things shake out. Um, other than that, I mean, it was, it always is with Thanksgiving, but it, it felt even longer, um, this week with them adding that Friday game. But like, I mean, it almost feels like it was a week ago. I mean, Thanksgiving week yeah. it always feels ridiculously long anyways, but not that I'm complaining, but, um, it was like the longest weekend in football. Like <laughs> It just feels like forever ago. And we still have, yeah. Well, there's a lot of good Friday. There's a lot of good Friday college football games that like I was interested in. So I said the same thing. Like I, I thought it was Sunday for like three days straight where it was just like, Oh my gosh. Like it just kept going, but no heck of a good weekend in, in football. Um, you know, didn't end the night with it, but did have that just incredible bills, Eagles matchup. Yeah. Um, that was a ton of fun to just sit back and watch. Um, you know, watched most of the fourth quarter after the Browns game uh, wrapped up there. And it was just kind of this back and forth. The conditions were terrible. And you got to see two quarterbacks that are just a lot of fun uh, to to watch, especially in those conditions where they have to be a little bit more creative, use their legs. Yep. Like you saw Jalen Hurts and, and Josh Allen both kind of scrambling around, uh, making things happen on their legs. That kick might be one of the greatest <laughs> kicks in NFL history, just given the conditions and kind of like the what felt like like that felt like a playoff game to me yeah. as I'm watching it. Like it, it really felt like two teams that were just like, Oh, it was, you know, winner go home, uh, obviously not, but um was just a, it was a ton of fun to watch. Josh Allen can't seem to get over that overtime um hump. I think not he's Oh, and six now. <laughs> uh, something like that. Yeah. It's he's Oh, and six, Oh, and six in overtime. And Manny had, he had it in the bag. He missed, Gabe Davis, and I don't know where the miscommunication was there. If Gabe was yeah, supposed to come back tough. right, or if he was supposed to be fading towards, you know, the the uh, corner of the end zone, but uh, uh, just a wide open opportunity for them to catch score, walk out of there with a win. Um, yep. So, no, that was a a really fun game. Yeah, no, that uh, the the fact that Taylor Swift's future brother in law had back to back penalties that pushed them back even further. Um, well, it was all to- part of the story. The, the yeah, script part of, yeah, it was all part, part of the, the script. script there's actually um, some hidden hidden messages there for her next album i think yes so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, absolutely if you ask the swifty uh but either way um yeah like when he was pushing them back i was like there's no chance it's terrible conditions there's no chance this dude is hitting it. and he drilled it and i was like oh that's weird i've watched a kicker that we pay a lot of money <laughs> hit the hit the uprights in a, in a dome like what are we doing here but nitpicking of course 
Um, but yeah, that was crazy. And I had the over in that game for, you know, our, our weekly, um, snake draft. And early on when I saw the conditions and everything, I'm like, there's no chance this is going over 48 points. And, and it did fast forward. It was like, what, 71 total points or something yeah. like that. And so it did. It, it, it sure as hell did. But, um, last, not, yeah, I guess last thing, Matt, I'm pretty frustrated because, you know, we, we started off, um, thanksgiving by blessing our listeners and followers on twitter with a uh, same game parlay it was the the lion on the couch same game yeah. parlay um, did you get any texts i i didn't get texts i didn't get a dm i didn't get any replies like yeah. no one thing like, it's thanksgiving that is when you are most thankful and we didn't get thanked for putting together a same game parlay that hit to start your thanksgiving I, I don't get it. Are we just chopped liver? Also, uh, it looks like we're rounding out another just banger of a weekend yep. in, in NFL football. Like last, I think, four or five weeks, we're at like 67.5% hitting. And if your under goes tonight, which it will because it's Monday night football, um, that's going to put us at six and two on the weekend with our picks. Um, if you keep up with the blogs, um, even if you can't read, um, the picks are just kind of there. Um, so <laughs> if you're not really into it, you can just scroll through those. Uh, we put yeah. them in big, bold letters um, on yep. what those actual picks are. But uh, yeah, if you had been tailing along for the last you know, four or five weeks, you'd be significantly in the green. Um, yep. and, and if you would have paid attention to the line on the couch parlay um, and not texted me an alternative parlay that you would like me for to place for you uh, while you reside in North Carolina, <laughs> Brian, um, you would have uh, made money. So yeah. um, maybe pay attention to what we do. Uh, don't try and cook up your own things, Brian. Um, yep. Brian, that was Brian. It's Brian Schlatter. I'm talking <laughs> about you, Brian. Um, no, that was a good start to the weekend. Then your uncle took your phone for the uh, parlay yeah, that, for the the second game, which was really rude of him because that one did that it. was obviously because no, it was your uncle, right? Who doesn't watch football? And yeah. I, I I didn't I didn't know what happened. I was I was I think I was changing my daughter's diaper and you know got caught up talking with the family and yeah, and there was I'm, that I'm, cat that was out in the tree that you had to go save. Yeah, um, yeah, and, yeah. And yep, I was. Yep, 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 checked yep. in my pocket and i'm like I, I don't know where my phone is and then i, I see him you know my uncle's on and i'm like oh he's probably just looking through pictures whatever i i don't know and then all of a sudden that's your I uncle looking after. through pictures on your phone <laughs> i don't know um and uh and i again he doesn't watch nfl so uh, yeah. you know a lot of my phone has gambling apps and espn and uh who knows either way um and then i you know, I'm I'm getting some texts like oh, your, your same game parlay didn't hit. I'm yeah. What's wrong with you? Yeah, did, you're an but, idiot. Yeah, you're an idiot. Yeah. Like, come on. Like, did you learn that from Brian? Like, all this different stuff. Yeah. And I was like, what's going on? Like, did Matt tweet something out? And I texted you. No, you didn't tweet it. I'm like, okay. And then turns out, yeah, my uncle who does not watch football put together same game parlay, tweeted it out, and it didn't hit. So I, I, I'm erasing it. I'm erasing it from the record. Um, I, th that does not count. I'm sorry. We'll, we'll do better. We've updated our passwords, um, here at FTS gambling. So, um, yeah, uh, that that's on me, but I, I don't take responsibility for the loss ultimately. Yeah, absolutely not. That's right. your uncle's fault. Yeah. Um, 
no, I, I, it was a, uh, you said long weekend, but a, a good weekend uh, gambling wise. I think for NFL, like I said, I ended up going like three and one on paper. I ended up putting some money on uh, Ravens minus three because the Chargers are just destined to lose by at least three points. So like I knew it was going to be a push, but yeah. um, uh, also had money on Bucks money line. Obviously that didn't hit. Um, and there was one other, I think I had money on uh, Jags minus one and a half um, that ended up uh, hitting for me. So yep. had a good, you know, had a good weekend on, you know, uh, betting wise, terrible weekend, just being a <laughs> fan. Um, yep. So you know, we'll we'll get back after it this weekend. You and I get a a bye week as far as college football goes, and then we'll we'll uh, have a a good reaction. Usually, the playoff uh, picks are is that on Tuesday when they usually do that. So they'll do the before. Or no, the they do the championship. Yeah. yeah, so they'll do that this Tuesday. They'll update you know based on what happened this past weekend, and then they do the final you know four selection um, on Sunday. On Sunday, uh, yeah, Sunday. So, um, so yeah, we'll be able we'll, to react to to that on the pod and blog and all of that. And clearly, we'll do some blogs this week for conference team. Like again, a lot of a lot of big games um, coming up, and um, you know, a good gambling opportunity there. Of course, we'll do our snake draft uh, for the NFL and some other you know same game parlay props, whatever it may be. Um, and yeah, no, no, if you're not an Ohio State fan, you tuned out a long time ago, but. Um, usually we have an Ohio state pick, so you you'll be able to skip through that because there won't be one for this weekend, but that's okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, any other, any other plans you have for, for the blog or content this week? No, I, I think obviously just with, uh, you know, the holidays, us being, you know, around family traveling to and fro, uh, obviously content was maybe a little, uh, little lacking, especially from the social media side. So we'll be a little bit better about being active on there um, and, and kind of getting some picks out there. The blog was pretty active, but we weren't pushing it a ton. It, it was just something that we were, you know, posting. I, I did write a pretty uh, extensive uh, blog on uh, my analysis and recap from the game. If you want to check that out. Um, but we'll, we'll have some more uh, content out on the blog this week. Might do some things with YouTube. Um, Maybe a possibility TikTok gets going. Don't know. We'll we'll see how the week goes. Um, yep. it, it's always kind of an odd week coming back from Thanksgiving. Work wise, you never know if it's just going to be this slow drag out, like wait for everybody to get back into a rhythm, or if you're going to have to put out a thousand fires. Um, and, and like <laughs> so, uh, we'll we'll see. I I can already see my email ticking up here. Uh, with with stuff I have to take care of. So, Fun. We'll, we'll be active. Um, we'll, yep. we'll, uh, be chopping it up with you guys excited for, for Monday's episode. Um, you know, that's going to be a big one. Um, one of the things that, you know, I think we probably should mention is what episodes will look like once college football starts to get into that kind of weird period where like you only have yep. a couple games, couple bowls. We'll, we'll probably rely pretty heavily on some NFL content. Um, yep. obviously highlighting some things going on in college football. Um, but you know, rely on that that tail end of nfl football as we wrap up the season and, and head towards playoffs uh just exciting time of the year um love december it's it's where a, a ton of chaos starts to happen in uh in the nfl you get bowl games and college football so uh looking forward to it and uh that's that's all i got awesome well yeah everybody thank you for listening hope you had a great weekend great thanksgiving um, yeah, we'll, we'll be back. We'll have content. It's ftsgambling.com or at ftsgambling on Twitter slash X. Um, and we will see you guys next time. Thanks.
Bye, guys.